<laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan. We are so glad you are here. Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan. I'm your host, Virginia Prodan. Our podcast exists and has at heart the desire to inspire you and to train you to live a life of significance and success. And you live a life of significance when you invest in others. And success will come as you invest in others. We are so delighted that you are asking us questions. You are sending us your concerns and even point out to us who you want to be invited at our podcast. Our podcast is every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time. And we love that you can hear it on Podbean, um, Edify, Apple Podcasts, and you can watch it on YouTube. Um, we have today a very special guest. And I will advise you to... Be in a very quiet place in your home or your office. Take notes and a pen and listen because you will learn so much and you will be able to accomplish so much. Our um, guest today is Chad Connolly. His bio is absolutely amazing as his life it's absolutely amazing i will say just few few things about he uh, graduated from uh, uh, with civil engineer for, in 1985 uh, from um, uh, clements university he was commissioned as a second lieutenant in us army he is an author of the book uh, freedom tide he is involved in so many areas. He has a heart for America, a heart for people, a heart for freedom, and a heart for what this country is all about. And he is an effective uh, speaker, a relationship builder, which is so important in our life, and a prolific fundraiser. I would love to hear more about that. And he you, he lives in um, South Carolina. He is married to his wife, Dana. I believe somewhere you will tell us for how long. And you have um, four, four children. Um, thank you so much, Chad, for coming here. We are so delighted to have you. I cannot wait for you to share what you have in your heart and in your mind. And I, I know that your desire, especially right now in our, our days, to tell people why Christians and special pastors must, and when you say must, you put the whole words of the word must capitalize, uh, engage in public uh, arena. Yeah, so, Virginia, the honor is mine, and I love your personal story. We connected because you and I, obviously both Christians, but your love for America and for the idea of freedom and the fact that you've gone through this personal challenging time to see it firsthand what the evil of socialism and communism really mean in people's lives. And, you know, it was the early writings of the American founders, of people like Adam Smith, and then my reading after college that made me realize 
my American worldview, my Christian worldview was based on freedom from God. And the founders said that we have been given these rights. They're unalienable, Thomas Jefferson said. And those rights come from God. You experience firsthand what happens when the state tries to take those rights away. So it has been my life mission, Virginia, just like yours, to get people like me and you to understand freedom is not free. And, and Reagan said it's, it, it doesn't pass through the bloodstream from one generation to the next. You must stand for it and you must fight for it and you must be determined to take it. And so I work in pastors. I build pastor networks to try to make pastors re-engage the culture, not to step aside to the sidelines, but to get their congregations involved in just just voting, voting biblical values. I don't believe it's a political thing. I believe it's a spiritual thing, and I'm excited to come on and talk about it. Oh, thank you so very much. I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate that your passion. We can see, we can feel your passion. You mentioned Ronald Reagan. He is, you know, reading my my memoir, Saving My Assassin. You know that Ronald Reagan was instrumental in saving my life. Yes. When the government wanted to kill me, President Reagan made a, a, a deal with the dictator to let us come to United States of America and for him to give one more year of uh, most favored national status. Yeah. What I like about uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, and I had the opportunity and the honor to meet him because he wanted to meet that little little tiny person under five feet tall that was so so powerful that he fought for. Um, what I love about President Ronald Reagan was that he knew the enemies. He knew the Russian, the socialists and communists, and he didn't have to wait for someone to tell him. And that's exactly what we need. I know you maybe want to develop more about this, but you're a, a military. When you go to war, you need to know your uh, enemy to know the type of uh, uh, army the type of strategy you build i believe in many ways uh it, this is what it's missing from our politician and from our pastors too and even from normal people like you and me many people don't know what socialism or communist it's all about they really don't and, and that's why i mentioned reagan i obviously knew your tie-in and and he's a hero of yours and a hero of mine and you know reagan came up in the the 50s and was studying the free market and he realized that so much of what he'd been taught was wrong. And he went around the country in the 50s and 60s doing those general electric talks, mostly about the, the terrors and the problems with communism. So he was an ardent free market person, an ardent freedom person. He spoke about it all the time. And he was massively influential for me. I've read everything I could get my hands on about Ronald Reagan. And much like what you're talking about, I believe the Lord led me to a strategy and I'll give you the quick version. Um, you, you know, Dana and I were both widowed, uh, incidentally, by suicide. My first wife took her life. Uh, Dana's first hub husband took his life. Uh, we met on a blind date. She had two little girls. I had two little boys. So much like you, we've seen the providence of God, and we've been married 16 years now. And I've been involved in just Christian political stuff, pro-life, school choice, issue-oriented things. And I came to believe that it wasn't about a, a party. It was about 
of the policies and the principles that line up with my biblical worldview. And I had watched carefully in South Carolina. We had a very liberal congressman that I thought, that guy has got to be replaced. He's terrible. And he voted for everything that was left-wing, anti-Christian, anti-God. And so what we did was we went to churches in that district. We didn't tell them who to vote for. We didn't tell them how to vote. But we did teach them about issues. This person believes this way. This person believes this way. It's where God first gave me that line I used, Jesus ain't running for office. And you're always choosing between two people. And so you shouldn't pick on party or personality. You pick on principles that line up with what we believe in. And so we went to churches and said, look, I don't, I don't need you to charge the beach at D-Day. I don't need you to risk your life. Can you register everybody to vote, and can you teach them to vote biblical values? It was that simple. In Virginia, it worked. And I thought, okay, we're on to something. But I didn't think it was all because of what we did. It was 2010. It was a a wave election. In 2011, I ran for state party chairman in South Carolina and got elected. And I started implementing that same strategy. Uh, And in South Carolina in 2012, we took more state house seats for conservatives than had ever been since Reconstruction. I thought, okay. And of course, you know this, South Carolina is the first in the South primary state for presidential people. And so because you get this big spotlight, I literally did every TV show, every political show on television, every, I mean, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, I did them all. And on one of those shows, a guy named Reince Priebus, everybody will know that name now, he was President Trump's first chief of staff, Reince saw me, and I was kind of beating up the party, I was selling the fact that South Carolina matters in the process, but I was basically saying, you people in the party are dumb politically 101, if you're not paying attention to the Christian vote. And, and Wrights texted me and he said, hey, I'm a believer too. You're right. Let's talk about this. So he created a position. I got to be the first ever national director of faith engagement for either party. And from 13 to 17, I went around the country and 42 states spoke to about 80 something thousand pastors with the same message. Register everybody to vote. Don't tell them who to vote for. Teach them issues and make sure they vote biblical values. Well, in 2014, we flipped nine U.S. Senate seats. In fact, Virginia, all these recent Supreme Court uh, wins, a lot of those were laid because those senators were in place to vote yes for President Trump's nominees in 2017, 2018, 2019. And so uh, we, we then in 2016, we set a modern day record for turnout among evangelicals. 81% voted for the more conservative candidate. And again, I never pushed the party. I never pushed the candidate. I just said, vote biblically. So now I, I didn't go to the White House and work for uh, Reince Priebus or President Trump. I started Faith Wins. Uh, it's a 501c3. We don't endorse. We don't tell them who to vote for. We are laser beam focused on getting people to understand to maximize the Christian vote. That's what we do. We've been in 15 states so far this year. We plan to be in as many states as I can raise money for. And we use a little different approach. I don't hire political people. I connect with pastors. And I get pastors to open doors that you and I can't open. And we educate other pastors. We activate them. We mobilize them to engage this culture because it's got to be done. Absolutely, absolutely. I am so grateful for what you are doing. And I believe, based on example that you gave us, it's real clear, you know, that you, when you train people and you train them on biblical values, 
because some people will say, oh, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. No, I'm a Christian and I vote on biblical values. Let's talk about. Unfortunately, not necessary pastor, but lots of Christians in, in America don't read the Bible. That's and for right. that reason, they don't know the Christian values. Amen. I I I had uh, people that I listened to, and all of a sudden they will say, "Oh, gay and lesbian, oh, just let them uh, live their life." Where in the Bible it says that we are ambassador for Christ? We should risk even our safety to tell them, "Listen, you're gonna be wounded by." fighting against God and doing a different style of life. So I'm grateful for what you are doing. Tell us uh, what you are doing now for the the next election. Well, we're, we're in every state we can be in. I was in uh, Ohio week before last. There's a ballot initiative there we need Christians to come out for. I was in Iowa, New Hampshire last week. Uh, my son, our son gets married this week, so I'm not traveling. Uh, then we take 20 international or national pastors to Israel from the 11th to the 20th. But after that, uh, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing all year. We're going to be in every U.S. Senate race state. We're going to be in every battleground state maximizing. And and Virginia, you made a good point. It's not just about a presidential election. It's about all those races. It's city council. It's school board. It's Christian presence and thinking in the public arena. Let's face it. The media has been very, very, the enemy, uh, more than the media, has been very good at talking our people out of the arena. They say, oh, don't do politics. There is no place in your Bible that your spiritual life stops and your political life begins. It's all spiritual. I, and I tell people that life and marriage, religious liberty, freedom, uh, free market, anything anti-socialistic, those are those are Bible issues. The Bible's not socialistic. It's not communistic. It's individualistic because you and I have to make an individual choice to follow Christ. That's not something that the collective does for us. It is a decision in the heart. And so what we're doing in the States is we are doing small meetings with a handful of pastors. Then we're telling those pastors to go meet other pastors that need to hear this message. Then we come in and do bigger meetings to educate them. Then we just rinse and repeat. We repeat the process until we expand the network. Last year, we did 132 of what we call signature meetings, over 27,000 people in those those meetings, over 4,400 pastors. Those were in 24 different states, and we had 24 different denominations just host our meetings. And so we do small meetings that lead to big meetings and then go back to small meetings and lead to big meetings because we're trying to make sure Christians understand now is the time. Virginia, I think like maybe what you experienced in your country, it's for people like you to give people like us a glimpse of what happens when evil one takes over and says, oh, the state is supreme. All that means is the devil's going to run it through a bunch of elites that never give you freedom. And I believe God's tapped us on the shoulder and said, hey, it's your turn. Go stand for and fight for freedom. You are so right about this. You know, when I go and speak, and many times I speak to Summit for pastors and many other places, college, university, or something, I always tell people, make sure that you read. You know, I'm talking about this book, Saving My Assassin. And when I I tell them in this book, there is chapter three. I want you to read in this book, chapter three, three times, because it's, 
a story of my uncle who was a capitalist. He had a business, but he was too fearful to speak the truth uh, against the Russian occupation and the socialists that wanted to capture Romania. And for that reason, he decided, I'm going to go to London for, I don't know, six months or a year. He says someone else will, will speak. When he returned to his business, he was absolutely uh, destroyed by what the socialists, because they took power, what they did. Well, he started to speak up. Guess what? The socialists and the Russian came to his office and put him in a psychiatric hospital to re-educate him. So right. that's that's what's going to happen. Today is the time for us to speak. Today is for us, like you said, not only in Senate uh, and, uh, and uh, presidential, but a city hall and other places. It's our place to go to school and say, no, I do not want my kids to learn from this book or to learn a transgender or something. My kid was born, was born as a boy or as a girl. That that's the way it is. But tell us what what will be besides going to and, and being part of um, the city hall or or uh, uh, school board or something. What else uh, a normal normal person, uh, not necessarily a pastor, can do, whatever they are at their business, at their school, whatever. One thing we're doing, because there are people sitting in every church wondering just what you're asking. How do I get involved? What do I do? Well, the number one thing is make sure you're registered. Then make sure everybody in your sphere of influence is registered to vote. They know how important it is. But another thing we've been doing is we've been recruiting poll watchers. And in some states, we're even recruiting and training certified election officers. You know, we just got to have Christian eyeballs on the process, we feel like. So last year, or in Virginia, to, in 2021, we recruited over 1,300 Christians to be poll watchers. It was amazing what they did and what they found. Well, this past year, we were in eight different states, and we recruited a couple thousand people to be poll watchers. So that is one of the things. If people go to our website, faithwinds.org, and they sign up for our emails, they'll get information on this. Virginia, we even have it broken down by state. No matter what state you're in, all the laws are linked there. You can learn about them. You can learn about how to get involved. And, of course, you'll find out when our meetings are coming to your states. You can come and learn more detail. Well, that is absolutely amazing because I remember I was a judge. I was a poll watcher. I was everything that was possible. Also, uh, for many years, I was involved. I was a representative for my district. Uh, then uh, Governor Abbott asked me to be in work with him, and I'm, I work with him, and I'm still working. I believe as a Christian, you you have to be involved. You have to be uh, part of, of the process. Process because otherwise, uh, you know, we will get to the point where, like in Romania, they they will take the power and they will take the Bible away. You're not going to be able to uh, to even have a cross on on around your neck or That's something right. or a Bible in your in. Uh, in a home and so forth, and uh, you will be marginalized. This is a serious matter. This is not only serious, this is an emergency. This Amen. Is- it, it really is. And I think people are asleep to it too. They they don't seem to 
think. Now, I, I got to tell you, I've been encouraged, Virginia. Um, I've been really encouraged. I've gone to these states. I see a big awakening among pastors. You can see the aha moment when they go, wow, you're, you're right. I've had pastors in the past say, you know, it's just not, it's just not, you're just talking about what could happen. No, no, no. This is happening. This whole trans thing, the forcing of, you know, sexual freedom. They want to collide sexual freedom with, with religious freedom, which they don't mix. There's no way that anything goes. They're forcing churches, you know, to hire people. Uh, let's face it. There are some places, the state of Michigan just passed a law. If a lady says, I want to be called Napoleon and you misgender me, then that you get fined as a felony. That's a felony now in the state of Virginia for misgendering somebody. So truth is out the window. This stuff is happening right now. And I believe that the cause of that is making people go, wow, I can no longer stay on the sidelines. I got to get involved. You are perfectly right. You remind me the fact that uh, when the book was published, my memoir, Saving My Assassin, lots of people will say, oh, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story. God can do in one person. You are courageous. Uh, But this will never happen. Now everybody is inviting me to speak because they said it's happening now. Teach us how to be strong and courageous because it's nothing about us. It's about Christ in us who will give us courage, who will give us wisdom, who will tell us this is a way, walk in it, will equip us in everything that we need to do. Sometimes people think that you have to have the blueprint. No, you walk by faith and every single day God will open the door. God will bring others to uh, to help you to uh, extend your ministry and so forth. So for the ones that will say, well, but I want to speak, but I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my job. I, uh, I have a family to support and so forth. What would you say to them? You know, I, we talk about this in my Sunday school class a good bit because we, we're the very ones that don't want to offend. I think you ask questions when you know the truth and you know that they don't really know the truth, but they're just going along to get along. You got to ask questions. You know, what's it mean when we let this happen? You know, let's use the example of rampant crime. There are literally people now that, and this is part of what socialism leads to is just chaos. No, no law, no law and order. The rule of law has been disintegrating. We're seeing this in the, the cities right now, Virginia. So there, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, we won't arrest anybody if it's less than a thousand dollars theft. And if people go along with that, I know this is a little bit of an extreme example because most common sense people know that's just stupid, wrong. But if people say, well, you know, they're 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 just you know mired in poverty and they've got to steal. Well, what happens to society when that happens? I think asking questions is the strategy that I try to teach people. You got to get people to think. You know, we have a generation that doesn't think; it feels. We we talk more about feelings and how, how I feel about this, and we've got to teach people to think. And so, as a Christian that finds himself in that environment, I think that you ask questions and you make them think about what what happens. Okay, if we don't enforce the law, what happens? What happens in a city if there's no law and order? What happens if people, thieves can come in and steal just wide open and there's no consequences to that? And get people to think. 
That's what I try to do. And also tell them, you got to be in a Bible-believing church. you got to get involved. you got to make sure everybody you know goes to vote because there's no sense in a Christian voting in somebody who allows that kind of stuff to go on that we're watching before our very eyes. Asking questions is so important. Asking questions is so important because uh, not only that they discover what exactly they don't know, but they will discover the truth. And yes. what the, the government is doing now, not uh, you know putting these people in jail that would destroy or steal, it's just a trick, a trick to make these people so-called poor feel good about. Let me tell you, I grew up under socialists. When socialists take power, you cannot take one cent out of the government or in a store. You will be in jail for the rest of your life or even killed. Right. Now the, the government is saying, oh, let everyone have uh, abortion and everything is their body and say, I am telling you, when socialist comes, because it's going to be so hard to find food, to find things for kids, and life is going to be so hard, family will not want to have kids. That's what happened in, in Romania. I bet. But a dictator and the government need subjects. And guess what? The government changed from you can have abortion whatever, how many times you want, to a law that says you cannot have abortion until you are a woman at 55 years old and you have five kids. Wow. And of course, some people will, will do illegal abortion at their home and everything. And there were so many women that died and the family was destroyed. So don't take those uh, so-called benefits that they share right now, you know, the checks and all those things. Those are just tricks to make those people vote for them. Yes. It's not just like you said, our, our generation doesn't think. If everybody receives a, a check and they don't work, what's going to happen with the society? Who's going to work? You know, the good thing is, and I know we're running out of time, but I, I, I know that normal, taxpaying, God-fearing, flag-waving people, normal, common-sense folks, they realize what's going on is not right. It's not normal. It, it doesn't work. You know, uh, Bernie Sanders has been running for president forever. He's an avowed socialist, but he owns three homes. You know, he doesn't actually live out socialism. He doesn't give away all he owns. He wants you to be taxed beyond what you can pay. And every time government plans something, there's more inefficiency. Look, I believe in limited government. If you go to a four-way stop sign, there better be some limited government because people don't know who to go next. So a limited boundary setting, limited form of government makes all the sense in the world. It's biblical. God created government. In Romans 13, he created government, but it had two functions, to protect the innocent and punish the evildoers. So we've stretched and what socialists do, they keep stretching what government does and can does, can do and is responsible for. And what it really comes back to and what set America apart, I want to say this, what set America apart is it said we're going to be ha we're going to be basing our government on a republic 
which puts responsibility on you. And it's going to be the idea of self-government. And if you don't govern yourself and become responsible and take accountability for your actions, uh, John Adams said, our government is created only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And our, our founders studied all sorts of governments throughout world history, and they found out that democracies collapse and fail. Uh, dictatorships, which socialism, communism really are, they all fail. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to create a system of checks and balances, which came from the Bible, by the way, and they created a republic. A republic form of government is guaranteed in the United States Constitution, but our students aren't being taught that. So we've got to be better at getting informed and informing others. And I just want to tell, tell you, send people to Faith Wins, F-A-I-T-H, faithwins.org, O-R-G, F-A-I-T-H-W-I-N-S, faithwins.org. We'd love to have you on the team. We'd love to have you come to our meetings. We'd love to have you become a part. I believe there's an uprising of normal God-fearing, tax-paying, flag-waving Americans saying, enough's enough. You're not going to force this ideology on me. Big government control is not a good idea. This whole Green New Deal, the trans stuff that's being coerced on people. I believe people are rising up, Virginia, and saying, enough's enough. I've had it. I believe we're about to see a great uprising. I praise the Lord for that. And you know what? I hope so, because we receive from... Uh, generations after generation who sacrifice for us to have freedom. And it's our time to stand up and sacrifice and rebuild the freedom. First of all, we are free in Christ. He set us free, but we need to live in a land, land of freedom. And for that, it's our time. It's our opportunity right now. And I hope people will go to your website and be involved and be part of this uh, rebuilding freedom in America. Amen. I just want to thank you so very much, Chad, for coming here for all the values that you shared with us, and I hope that your our our audience took uh, took notes to that. Well, God bless you, Virginia. Thanks for who you are and what you stand for. Thank God for what you've been through, so you can teach all of us the evils of socialism and communism. Keep fighting the fight, girl. God bless you. Thank you so very much. I'm involved with Alliance Defender Freedom, and I do the same thing over here. So praise the Lord for that. Thank you so very much, everyone, for being here at Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan podcast, a podcast that has at heart you to train you and inspire you to live a life of significance and success in Christ. He created us to be the leaders to um, be the ones who bring his light, his freedom, and his prosperity wherever we go. I hope you send us your questions, your comments. You will comment on uh, this podcast because Chad gave you so many, so many ideas and, and so many suggestions. I hope you go to their website, Freedom Works, and you will be involved. Until next time, uh, we uh, we love to hear from you. If you want to buy the book, Saving My Assassin, you can uh, go to virginiaprodanbooks.com slash product slash book. Or if you want to leave a comment, if you need any help at all. Thank you so very much and God bless you. <music>